I, okay, little side note. I've been watching Vanderpump Rules. I really don't, don't get into reality TV. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, oh dear God. Right. And I got into it. I've never had the pleasure. I got into it. I got Cody into it too, actually. I don't know how. Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends, Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are on your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in finding your shine. Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode of the podcast. Today we are talking to Kelly Tennant, who's actually the former TV host for the Lakers and Dodgers, but not anymore. She recently launched her own show, which is called the Ceremony Wellness Podcast, where she has critical conversations that dive deep into the harsh realities of chronic illness, the inspiring stories of entrepreneurs, and the powerful women supporting the women's movement. She is a wonderful person to talk to. She's been through a lot in her own life just with autoimmune disease and functional medicine and diving into spirituality. Being misdiagnosed. Yeah, being misdiagnosed with fibromyalgia. Yeah. And we talk about some fun things, even about... Um, ayahuasca, which is really interesting in her experience with that. So it's a really good episode and we get kind of fired up about some women's health issues, which, you know, is natural for us here on the podcast. Yes, obviously. And um, there's a lot of talk too. She's doing an event similar to ours that brings together women in her space. We have, and men, and that's right, and men. But I think it's wonderful to see someone doing parallels to what we're doing, trying to bring people together instead of competing, much more collaboration. And she does that both with her podcast events and everything that she offers in her on her website. Absolutely. But before we head into this episode, I actually am going to be sponsoring this podcast episode again. And this time it's for my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. So me and Kelly actually have a ton of parallels um, throughout this conversation with wanting to provide information and help for women that are struggling with any sort of health issue. And you all know that my focus is women's hormonal health and anxiety. So if you've really been wanting to dive deeper into what's going on with you hormonally, what's causing some of your symptoms, the nutrition that's really going to serve you, stress reduction, gut health, getting to the root of why some of these hormone balances and symptoms like anxiety are coming about, I would love to work with you in my four-month coaching program. We dive really, really deep into all of those specific aspects as well as spirituality, as well as doing you know a couple tarot readings in there. It's a program that's devoted to you and what your body needs to help you heal and to help you start feeling better much faster. So I currently have openings in those one-on-ones and I'm going to be offering the Finding Your Shine listeners $100 off the cost of the program. All you have to do is reach out to me via Instagram at Nourished with Nina, or you can reach out to me on my website. I have an application process on there, nourishedwithnina.com, and then just go to work with me private coaching and you can apply to be on the list. If you are interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching, I would love to talk to you. I will offer you a free consultation where we'll get to know each other and make sure that the four-month program is the right fit for you. All right. Well, let's continue that wellness conversation with Kelly Tennant. 
Hey, Kelly, we are so excited to have you on the show today um, to talk about all of the wonderful things you're doing in the wellness world. And you are preaching exactly what me and Liz are so passionate about and just spreading the knowledge about women's health and functional medicine and alternative ways to heal. So we cannot wait to dive in and ask you all of the questions. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This is super fun. It's always nice to connect with people all over the country that have a similar take on these issues and really want to spread awareness and just have these kinds of conversations. Yeah. So how... Well, I I know how you got into this work. It's because you were struggling with autoimmune disease or maybe you didn't know you had autoimmune disease. It was just a bunch of different symptoms and you couldn't find answers to them. Is that correct? And then you kind of dove into this wellness world. Yeah. So I spent 13 years misdiagnosed. I was um, diagnosed with fibromyalgia as a college volleyball player at USC at 19 and had to give up my career and was bedridden, couldn't feel my leg, couldn't sit up straight. I was in extreme pain, head to toe and chronic fatigue. And so I spent 13 years thinking I had fibromyalgia and I really... I went the Western route and yeah. that didn't work. So then I went holistic. And then I found a functional medicine doctor in 2017. And that's when things changed because I got the proper diagnoses and realized what was actually happening at the core and that it wasn't fibromyalgia, which is just this umbrella term that most doctors use for women Have that pain. are in pain. I, I was going to say, yeah, I was like, from what I know about fibromyalgia, it's almost like, I don't want to say like a non-disease, but that's exactly how I've heard it described. It's like, kind of just this blanket. We don't know what we have, so we're going to label you with that kind of thing. It's like it's like IBS, I think, too. Because when you don't know what's yeah. wrong, it's like, oh, you have digestive issues, but we have no idea what it is. So we're just going to call it irritable bowel syndrome and then yeah. leave it at that. Yeah, that's really how it goes. And and most women that are diagnosed with fibromyalgia are in their 50s. And I was 19 and in the best shape of my life. Man. So it just didn't make sense. And I had had mono for eight months my freshman year of college, which that's how you get Epstein-Barr, which is what I had. Yeah. And no one ever tested me for it until I found a functional doctor 13 years later. But they all knew I had mono. I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what blows my mind the most is that there's never like the process of really looking into things. It's like, these are your symptoms. I think this is your diagnosis. Now here's what you can take to make it better. And I, in my own experience, whenever I come forward with, well, can we test this? Or what about this? Or I've read about this. It's usually, the response is usually, well, I mean, it could be, but let's go this route instead. Or it's like, well, that's not researched or tested. It's always something that is like, shutting me down. Did you find that experience throughout before you found your functional medicine doctor or did you not even know the questions to ask before then? Yeah. And it's funny, like I have this document on my website now. It's like questions and tests to ask your yeah, doctor. Yeah, I just downloaded it. Yeah. <laughs> I just downloaded it today. Because it's like, what the hell do you ask yeah. for? And I mean, I'm sure you guys were raised the same way. Like we were raised to believe doctors and 100%. do what they say. And like, you don't question a doctor. You don't question a police officer or a fire fireman. Like that's just not how it goes. And so I think my family and I just believed them and trusted them. And anytime I would bring something up that was like outside the box, it was very poo-pooed. And yes. it wasn't until I started getting into the more like food is medicine, autoimmune protocol, that kind of stuff where I was like, oh, people are thinking outside the box. There is something other than taking a pill and numbing your life. And that's when it started to open up for me. But before that, yeah, it was like, nope, you do this and that's it. And there, there is no other option. Exactly. So you said for your symptoms, you, have, you said you had the legs like 
issues with your life. Mm-hmm. What other symptoms did you have and do you still experience some of those today or? Yeah, so I was dealing with chronic fatigue and when I say chronic fatigue, like I could sleep 15 hours and still be exhausted. I would take, I have to take a nap every day. I couldn't even walk five feet without being so tired and out of breath. And again, like coming from someone who had been in the best shape of her life, lifting, you know, squatting 220, sprinting, crushing it to then I couldn't feel my leg at all. It was dragging behind me. I couldn't stand up straight. My back didn't have the strength and I couldn't see straight. I had really blurry vision from the pain and also brain fog. So I was like forgetting everything. And I was super depressed in pain from head to toe. So it felt like someone was squeezing my bones as hard as they possibly could throughout my entire body. And so that lasted up until... Probably midway through last year, I started noticing that I I wasn't really feeling bad anymore. And after doing ozone therapy and really dialing the diet and working on a lot of my emotional issues and triggers, I don't really have issues anymore in terms of the autoimmune stuff. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. I like that you very much express that it's there's like all of these pieces and parts. So there's the lifestyle, there's stress, there's nutrition, there's the spiritual component. And so in my own practice, I'm always saying like it's the mind, body, spirit. Like we have to address each thing. And have you did you notice that you definitely like what is the first thing you started with? Of course, I'm assuming it's nutrition, right? Or is it stress reduction? There's like these steps that you take. And I know in your program you're you have all of these steps too to getting well again. So talk a little bit about how you started and then how like you opened up again to like this spiritual world. Cause I think it takes a while to get to that. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is how I talk to people, whether it's on my show or in any of the courses, is you got to start with food because yeah. in my experience, I wasn't able to do anything else because I felt so bad. So how do you work on emotional stuff or trauma or work yes. like open up spiritually when you want to die every day because you're in so much pain? Like you can't do that. Mm-mm. So food has to be the gateway into healing. That's my perspective. Mm-hmm. Once you get the food dialed in, once you lessen the inflammation, once you're sleeping better, once you're not as exhausted, once you can see straight again, then you can start thinking clear enough to do the emotional work. And I didn't even know that emotional stuff I had been through was causing issues for my stress and my anxiety. I didn't know that was a thing. And it wasn't until about a year, year and a half ago, and I I quit my job and I stepped away from a lot of things that were causing me anxiety and, and stress and very toxic environments. And I realized the impact they were having on me. And I was like, whoa, even when my food is dialed in, I still don't feel well. Why is that? And yes. it's because I'm ignoring a lot of things and red flags and poor relationships and, and bad working environments. And once I allowed all that to come to the surface and sort of work through that, that's when I really healed. That's when it made the difference. Mm-hmm. I love that yeah, you because- say that because I like we've had a lot of episodes or not a lot, but we've talked a lot about things like manifestation and some like really high level things. And I think we've always had to take a step back, Nina and I, and say, okay, but if if you're on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if those bottom ones aren't met, there's no way yeah. you can be holding yourself to the standard of like manifesting your best life or law of attraction or any of these like very lofty things that we talk about in the wellness space. Like you have to have that bottom taken care of. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, something that I've implemented that I wish I had done earlier because it really doesn't take that much effort, but it makes such a difference is journaling. And I think that is, that is a huge gateway into spirituality and personal development. That is very simple that you can do for five minutes a day that can really give you a bird's eye view of what's happening in your life. And it can start making the, the correlations between the mind body experience. And I didn't know that was happening. So had I used the journal that I have now, which it talks about, you know, what are you letting go of? What are you surrendering to? What are you manifesting? How does your body feel? What are you grateful for? You start seeing patterns that pop up. And I, I journaled a lot about my food, but I didn't journal about how I was feeling and what was happening. So I never saw those patterns. And then when I started doing it at the end of last year, I was like, oh, this is so powerful. And this is a tool that people who are very sick and bedridden could still mm-hmm. do. That's the thing. You don't want to give someone who's really sick this like massive task. Who's going to do it? Like even on my best day, sometimes I don't want to do something, you know? So yeah. on my bad day, there's no way it's happening. So I think little things like that can make huge differences. Actually, side yeah. note, sorry, I just wanted to share this with the world. I just found this app. It just reminded me when you talk about journaling. I just downloaded this app yesterday called Grateful. And it's like a it's a journaling app that asks a lot of those prompts and you can make your own. And it like you can set reminders, like ask me this at 5 p.m. You can have as many reminders oh, as you want. So like, it's kind That's of like awesome. throughout the day taking inventory of like, oh, I'm grateful for this or like this made me laugh today. And it keeps a running tab. I mean, just like a paper journal. I just myself like technology a lot of times and my phone's always with me, unfortunately. But anyway, as it is for many right. of us, but I think it's, um, I was just what you said about like, when you look back and you kind of see those patterns, like it creates a list of like, you could look back and be like, Oh, maybe this is an issue and I should deep dive deeper into it because like I'm writing about it all the time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Technology is super helpful when it comes to that. Like just processing it for you. I was going to say that it can be really challenging to say, for example, I really was called to do meditation. And so that was one of the healing modalities that really helped further me on my journey. But it's hard to start there sometimes too, because your mind is going a million miles a minute. You maybe have never tuned into that deeper, quieter part of you. And so sometimes starting in meditation can seem like an unachievable goal. But when you are writing, I think the act of like physically doing something and then connecting your mind to it, just like if you do yoga or something like that, you're then like connecting to the body a little bit and you're thinking and you're letting it out and there's no pressure at all. We have like this pressure, I think, to meditation sometimes and journaling's like, just journal. Like there's no right or wrong way to do it. So I think that's such a good initial tool to start people with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And meditation definitely has helped me a lot. I'm not good at it. But even yesterday, I had this woman come over and she's like a somatic yoga therapist. And we didn't even do any yoga or movement. We didn't have to because she took me so deep just with a guided meditation and a body awareness starting from my feet up. And I went somewhere else. Yeah. Um, And it was amazing, but it's the ability to get quiet with yourself, whatever that looks like. If that's Mm -hmm. meditating, if that's journaling, not focusing on anyone else and tuning into what your body needs. Because I mean, especially as women, we're having babies where many of us are working or you know, even not working, staying at home. We're always worried about everyone else. How often yeah. do we stop and say, what do I need? We, 
we're just doing everyone else. And this is a great way, even if it's just a few minutes every day, where you are alone with yourself and your thoughts and you can actually reflect on how you feel, not how everyone else feels. Mm-hmm. What were some other ways then? So you started with the nutrition piece and then you started journaling. And then did you go into any other routes like Reiki or acupuncture? What were your other favorite go-tos to help you know, further your healing journey? Let's see. I've been doing acupuncture since I was 10 because I was an athlete and needed Mm. that assistance. So it wasn't a spiritual experience at all. And I didn't even know it was like alternative medicine. Yeah. But I'm super glad that I knew what that was. Um, Chiropractic and body work, like deep tissue fascia work has been really important for me, especially with the emotional side of things because we store our trauma in our fascia. And in order to release it, you need to work through that physically and that movement. And then... I've seen a bunch of shamans. I've Mm -hmm. done a ton of Reiki. I have psychics and intuitive readers. I have gone very woo. Um, I am about to go on my second ayahuasca retreat next week. I'm going to Costa Rica for a week um, for the realness retreat that my boyfriend hosts. And... Yeah, I've just, I've really, I, I dove in because I realized that there is so much here. And every layer that you lift when you start doing this spiritual work and, and lifting emotions and working through childhood stuff, it just takes you to another level. And I, you like I, can't stop. You, no. you just keep going. We're on the woo train. I've been on the woo train for a while, and Liz is like slowly coming on. She's a slow mover on the woo yeah, train. Yeah, but um, you're so right. It like I appeals. Do have a question. Yeah. I, what is, where is your fascia? So your fascia, how do I describe this? I'm not like an expert, but your fascia is like beneath your muscle, I think. Okay. So it's kind of like muscle tissue, but it's, so your trauma is stored in your fascia and in your organs. So you want to move that out. But yeah, it's not like the top layer. I think it's right below it. I don't know much about that, but I know a lot of people say that, like your traumas and your family. Yeah, it's really helpful. Um, There's lots of different ways to do it. I have been going to a few different places here. I go to a place called Myo Detox here in West Hollywood. And they're really amazing about doing that that deep work without making you want to die and scream and cry on the table. Yeah, I'm sure. But also getting it it moving. Like an intense deep tissue. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about like you're having a lot of anxiety and stress around your career. Can you talk about what you were doing before and like how how the transition looked for you as you moved into doing all the work you're doing currently? Mm-hmm. So I used to be a host for TV, for sports. I started in volleyball because that's the sport I played and worked for ESPN and Pac-12 Network. And then I got a job working for Spectrum here in Los Angeles doing the Lakers and the Dodgers. So I would host the pre and post game shows. I would do sideline reporting, be in studio at the field, in the clubhouse, all of that. And you know, I learned a ton and it was, it was really beneficial for me. And especially now hosting a podcast and having my own show, I know the production behind it. I mm-hmm. know how to host. I know how to ask questions. I, I ha- I'm very curious by nature. And so I really feel like doing that job for so long was really beneficial. Um, but for me, spending a lot of time with men and being one of the only women always... I had always been bullied by girls growing up. And so I think I really kept them at a distance. And then the more I was with men and had, unfortunately, some poor interactions with them... I I started to realize I really wanted that feminine energy back in my life, but I wanted it in a really supportive way. And I wanted to curate a group or a community that really uplifted each other and helped each other. And so in my healing journey, 
going through this, I realized how many women were dealing with chronic illness and autoimmune disease and just really struggling in a lot of ways. And I thought that was the perfect place for me to combine my talent of conversation and interviewing with wanting to help other women heal and exposing people to alternative medicine and functional medicine and Ayurveda and spiritual practice and what that looked like. So it kind of just came together in that way. And when I was... Right before I quit, I just started really getting very intentional about how I wanted the show to be. And I just started creating it and it just kind of happened. And it's been amazing and it's grown and it's evolved a ton. I've gotten more spiritual over the last year. So the show Mm -hmm. has gotten more spiritual, Mm -hmm. um, which is really cool. And I just love the conversations we're having. And I love being able to help people with that. It, It matters a lot to me. So you mentioned that you had Epstein-Barr virus and how did that really change your whole look on health? I know that that's something that some people don't even know they have. And it's this underlying condition that can cause, it's a virus, a bacteria, (laughs) Yeah, correct? And then it can cause all of these like things like depression and anxiety and hormone issues. It's like this little freaky thing that I'm like, shit, do I need to go get tested for this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, so 90 plus percent of the world has Epstein Barr virus because Crazy. everyone gets mono at some point, you know, the kissing disease of college, God forbid. <laughs> it's really just this virus that runs rampant and it can be activated or deactivated in your body. So I'm sure you guys have it and it's just not active in your body and the antibodies are at a low level so you can manage it. But what happens for people that get Epstein-Barr and then it reactivates in your Mm. body is it sends your immune system in total craze. And your immune system is on fire. It can cause everything you were talking about, including chronic fatigue and leaky gut. And it is, it's almost like Lyme. You know how Lyme has co-infections? It's almost like a co-infection for a million things. And it can also be the catalyst to creating all of Mm -hmm. this because it'll cause your immune system to shut down. And then of course, you're going to get other illnesses. And of course, other things are going to happen. It's kind of like the chicken or the egg thing. Totally. And a lot of people do believe that it is the catalyst. Um, Other doctors are saying it's not. It's just a piece of the puzzle. But um, it's very hard to get rid of. And there are different medications like Valtrex that you can take. I did that. It didn't make a huge difference. It goes in and kills anything in your blood. So it takes it out, goes up into an ozone bottle, filters it, and then puts it back into your body clean. And when I did, I think I did four appointments of that. And I felt incredible afterwards. But it can be very tricky. And it's really important to follow a strict diet. I followed the autoimmune protocol Mm -hmm. um, and also implemented in Ayurveda and then the ozone therapy. And stress management is a huge aspect of it as well. When you're doing that, is it really important to then take probiotics or is it different? So like the ozone therapy, does that do anything with any of the good bacteria in the gut or is it that doesn't different? Kill, it doesn't kill anything bad. It doesn't kill anything good. It just handles all the bad stuff. So there's really no side effects hmm. of ozone therapy. It's incredible. It's just extremely expensive because mm-hmm. not enough people do it. It just got legalized here about three years ago. So it's, oh. they're using it in Africa to cure Ebola. It's been used to cure HIV, cancer. And unfortunately, because pharma runs the world... Oh my God, don't even... Being ...available so that... Um, <sighs> because it's a cure and they don't want that. See, that's my biggest beef about all of this. And even again... Like, I feel like I'm so preaching, like, be your own health advocate, be your own health advocate. Because when you go to the doctors and you say, like, this is something else I want to do, it's usually poo-pooed. I'll use that silly term because it's like pharma, big pharma. Or also the doctors aren't always taught those things because, again, big pharma is, like, 
has a huge hand in it. So, and it's also unfortunate because we're trying to get better. But then like you said, like how much money do you have to pay out of pocket? Insurance doesn't cover these alternative medicines. So it's like, it's challenging, but I have to admit all of the therapies that I've done that I've paid out of pocket for have been so worth every single penny because they've really gotten to the root of healing, not just masking. So... Yeah, I agree. And I think some testing that's actually really good from Dr. Stephen Cabral, and I put it on my website as a resource. If you go to kellytennant.com slash shop, all of his tests are there and you can get tested for almost everything. And he's a functional, integrative, um, Ayurvedic doctor. So they're all the tests that you would get, but you don't have to go see him. And then he cool. reviews all of your tests and then you can work with him or his coaches. But it, that has been a huge resource because I find that on my show, so many people are coming and listening from you know, all over the country and there's just not access to things. Yeah. Getting that testing at least mailed in, you can get so much done for so much cheaper. And then you can you can afford things like ozone therapy because you're not spending all your money on one doctor's visit. So trying to find ways to finagle in that kind of system, I think can be really beneficial. Yeah, so smart. So with your one-on-one work, do you see yourself as a coach and then almost like a vessel, like here's a place you can go. Here's a place you can go. This is what, like a way to connect people to all of these or like what specifically do you love to focus on in your one-on-one work with clients? Yeah, I don't do a ton of one-on-one work mm. um, on purpose. I like I I like it. It's easy for me. It's fun. I'm able to like pick things apart and I pick up on what people are saying and I can read people well, but I like the group work because I, I want to be able to reach more people at once, which is why I have a podcast, you know? So I think... For me, there's a lot of different directions to go. A lot of the one-on-one work that I've done is actually not necessarily in the healing space. It's mm. it's more like young women that are lost, that don't know what to do. And they may have some chronic illness, but they also are at a crossroads in their career and they're in a bad relationship, dating advice, and they have a poor relationship with their mom. And they don't know how to like work through those things. Yeah. And because I think people have seen me do this and I've been so honest about my experiences across the board, um, that seems to be what people really have a lot of questions about. So I, I like to... Instead of going in with an idea of what I want something to be, I try and just respond to what people need and, and answer their questions and create a space that's beneficial for them. Which is the best coach is just somebody that can hold space and listen yeah. to what the... Because we all are our own greatest healer. So we don't need somebody else. Like even going to the functional medicine doctors, it's like we don't need to go to them to heal us. We need them for what their expertise is. But in the end, like we know what we need. Yeah. I think I like to think of myself as a bridge. So I think that I do have healing capabilities, but I think even more than that, I'm able to curate a community that is freaking next level and my people are awesome and I trust them and I I'm happy to send people and give them resources that have benefited me. I it's not about me cuz like you said we're all our own healers. I think I unlock things and I I help people find their own truth and by being really honest and vulnerable it gives other people permission to do the same. So I think that's a lot of the work I do one-on-one or in group settings. I think it's amazing that you I mean, I think we all had the experience at some point with mean girls in our lives or like whenever it hits, even like I can say like the friendships that I had in high school or college are very different than the friendships I've cultivated as an adult when we're all more mature and more supportive. So I love that you basically looked at what you didn't like from years past. And instead of letting that define how you interacted with your feminine energy, you're like, I'm going to take that experience and I'm going to make 
like a platform and something that is exactly what what it should be, how women should be working mm-hmm. together. Yeah, you know, I had some incredible female mentors throughout my television career that are still so wonderful to me. And I had decided at a very early age that I wanted to pass that on and pay it forward. And so I started mentoring a lot of girls early on in my career and still do now because I really believe that we, including you guys collectively in our generation, have an opportunity to reformat the way young women treat each other. 100%. And at the end of the day, we treat each other like shit because we don't like ourselves. Yep. So we're constantly Mm -hmm. just projecting our own insecurities on everyone else. And if we can heal wounds and help women understand that they are worthy and valuable, and that it's not about being better than, then the conversations and the way we support each other and the way we show up in those scenarios will look completely different. Mm -hmm. That's so incredibly true. I never learned that lesson more than when I was teaching middle school. And I would see... Oh, God. (laughs) Our listeners know I taught middle school for seven years. And the way that the girls talk about each other and treat each other. And I mean, their own self-confidence. Of course, like that's the one of the times where you're growing into a woman. I mean, you're 12, 13, 14 years old. You're discovering yourself. And then when you have other girls just beating you down, it's, I mean, it can be really detrimental. And me and Liz have even talked about this when we were in college, some of the things that we would say in our own group of friends, like we are so regretful of those things. But at the same time, it's like you're learning and you're growing. So all we can do now is share. Well, no one ever told me not to do that. You're so right. Yeah. No. Like, not that, I mean, I love my parents. They're great. I don't remember them ever being like, no, don't talk about people like that. Or we don't talk about other people. And... So I gossiped and I talked shit on mm-hmm. girls. It was and normal. It, it totally honestly normal. felt normal. I mm-hmm. Okay, little side note. I've been watching Vanderpump Rules. I really don't, don't get into gosh. reality TV. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, oh dear God. Right. And <laughs> I got into it. I've never had the pleasure. <laughs> I got into it. I got Cody into it too, actually. I don't know how. Um, Wait, can I ask, like, what, what is Vanderpump? Like, what, is that a place? It, you, Lisa Vanderpump. She owns, like, Sir and Tom Tom. Um, and cool. I definitely knew that okay. we're best friends. She's, okay, a big Beverly Hills woman that like owns all these restaurants. Okay. Anywho, I forgot because I honestly don't really watch trashy TV show anymore. I forgot how evil we can be. Like how everybody's talking about each other and this is an issue and this and like the anger. And I was like, holy crap. Like that was so when we were growing up or like like the little ways that we did that in college. But you and I watched reality shows all the time. I mean, like yeah. If that's what you're seeing, right? Like that becomes your re- your reality, and that's what a lot of people are still like. Young girls are still seeing is reality TV and TV shows and showing that side of things. So I don't know. Have you noticed though that in your own circle, you found that you have now surrounded yourself with people that don't do that? Because I feel very far removed from the cattiness of women now because I just don't surround myself with it. Yeah, I think the the people that I choose to be around, there's not a lot of talk about other people. Like I just don't have time. I don't I don't yes. care what she thinks about me and it's not my uh play. Thank you. It's not my <laughs> place to know what she thinks. I can't even I'm this is what happens when you talk all day. Yeah. Um you get words. It's not it's not my business what she thinks of me and it's not her business what I think of her. And like yeah. I think that the women that I have in my life are so secure and sure of themselves that we don't try and compete with each other. It's all about supporting one another. Look, almost all of my friends have podcasts that are in the health and wellness. We are 
to be friends and like each other or support each other. But that's all we do because we realize it's way more difficult and it's really stupid to sit here and be like, I'm not going to support her. I'm not going to go on her show. I'm not going to post about this thing. Why would we do that? It doesn't benefit anybody. If anything... It's actually the opposite. The more you post about other people, the more you support your friends, the more you show up for them in really Mm -hmm. big, authentic ways, the more they'll do that for you. And then everyone gets better and gets what they want. And then we're all powerful and we're all happy. And Mm -hmm. like, what's the problem with that? But there's this competition mindset and lack mindset where we think that if she has a successful podcast, then I can't have one too. Who the hell came up with this concept? There's so much to dig into there. I mean, so much. Like even with coaching, I, a lot of people are doing coaching. And sometimes I can dive into, oh my God, like that person's doing it and that person's doing it. And I know Liz, you've said the same with intuitive eating coaching. And it's like, it can get so overwhelming. But then at the same time, it's like, no, I want to support the people that are doing that. And I want them to support me. And we're all here for the same mission. We're all here to share the wisdom of what like are the body is capable of and like what the mind is capable of. But one thing that I've struggled with, and I don't know if you have any advice to this, is sometimes it feels like when you start down the journey of growing and expanding and having, what's the opposite of a lack mindset? A growth mindset. Abundance, yeah. Abundant mindset and all of these things. Sometimes it's hard for the close relationships near you that do not, that aren't doing the same. And so I feel like I've started to fall away from a few relationships and that can get kind of hurtful to me or that even some of my family may not always understand what I'm doing. Have you had to deal with that? And how have you coped with that? Yeah. It's called saying goodbye lovingly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm pretty cutthroat, not going to lie. Once I make a decision that someone doesn't fit into my space, I just move on. And I think that I've gotten that way because I think being sick taught me I just don't have that much time and space and energy for other stuff that's not positive. And I just don't... I don't have time. I'm running a company. I have a team of 8 people I'm in charge of. I'm full-time taking care of myself. I'm working out. I'm doing all these things. I don't have time for crap. Yeah. So... It's about it's about making decisions and making sacrifices in certain ways and also just knowing that you have to detox your life in order to get where you want to go. And sometimes that means you have to have a hard conversation. And I've had to tell people like, look, this isn't a healthy relationship for me. It's codependent or it doesn't make me feel good or I just think that we're growing in separate directions. And it's almost like a breakup oftentimes with a girl. And... Sometimes people don't take it well. Other times they're like, okay, whatever. I think people are pretty clear on who I am because I don't really hold back and I I wear my heart on my sleeve and I'm very honest in everything that I do. So I think that if you, the more you're honest in your life and with yourself, the more that will come out in other relationships. And then you won't have as hard of a time of saying goodbye. But learning to say no and say goodbye are two of the most powerful things you can do for yourself. And you free up space. It's yeah, just you're, like you're also helping that person too, because who wants a friend that's not showing up a hundred for them? Yeah. I only want people that are going to show up 100% for me and vice versa. I only want to show oh, up. That's 100%. a great way to think about it. So it's like I'm coming into this relationship yeah. with 30% energy because I don't really like you or want to be around you anymore, but I'm still here because I, I feel bad. Well, then I'm being an asshole to you and me. Mm-hmm. Like who gets benefits out of that? I love thinking that on the flip side because I think so often it's like, this person makes me feel like this, this person makes me feel like this, but also like when they make me feel like this, what am I giving to them? Oh, they don't deserve that either. Also put yourself in the opposite shoes. If say I was making you feel bad, 
and you weren't telling me. Yeah. And then you're hanging out with me and I am making you feel bad over and over or whatever it is that I'm doing to you. Wouldn't that, that would make me feel bad about doing that to you. And I would be Mm -hmm. so upset that you're putting yourself in a situation that is uncomfortable or that you don't like, but you're not verbalizing it or standing up for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then that makes me feel bad about something that I didn't need to feel bad about. Maybe I'm just not the right kind of friend for you or whatever it is. Like people just need to be open and honest. I don't know why we hide things so much because we're so scared to hurt people's feelings. And confrontation sucks, but I guess that's the way you're thinking about it. Yeah, Yeah, I'm hurting your feelings one way or another. Right. So why wouldn't you just step up, say you don't like something, and then move forward? We put ourselves through these things and these experiences that are so dumb. And it's just like, there's no need for that. I think we also need to acknowledge that, like, it is fine for people and relationships to change. Like, I think, like, we get in that mindset of thinking, like, well, I've had this best friend forever. And, like, they've always been there. And they're just, like, they're just my best friend. They're there. And maybe it's a friend or relative, whoever it is. I mean, people grow and people change. And I heard something really interesting the other day that was like, when people start questioning what you're doing, like if you're changing directions and people are like, oh, I don't agree with that, or they're kind of throwing you shade, it's because you've stepped outside of the box that they've categorized you in. They're like, you're in this box, you're this person, and then you do something different or you grow and change and they start freaking out to you and internally because they're like, but you were here. I pegged you as this in this little box. Mm-hmm. So I just think um, it's, I, I don't know. I feel like it's totally natural for, there will be some relationships that last a lifetime mm-hmm. and they're strong enough to go through all those changes. And then there are other ones that just aren't, and that's okay. It's good for both parties. Also, guess what? 80-20 rule. 80% of people are not growing, changing, or self-aware. So does that mean 20% of us who are have to stop and slow our roll because homie over here can't fucking figure it out? Sorry, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if I can decide Yeah, like, you can. What, like, what are we doing? I'm not going to pause my life and my growth because it's making you uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable because you know that there's something more for you and you're consciously choosing to not step into that. That's my, my challenge, my challenge and is... I find it really, really difficult to see that somebody is choosing not to grow or to have conversations with people that don't, they, they don't grab the concepts that I'm trying to express. Like, but this is what's going on and this is where you could go or this is why you're frustrated. It's not about X, Y, and Z. It's because there, there are some things in you that need healed that you're not addressing. But then when I have people that like want to shut me down real quick on it, it's like, I don't have the energy. I guess that's when I have to say no and walk away. A loving goodbye is the new yeah. What's are the you, new expression? A loving, a loving a goodbye, loving goodbye. Kelly said. Yeah. Are you giving unsolicited life advice? <laughs> me? Yeah. Uh, probably. <laughs> Yeah, that's why. So what I have learned, because I used to do that. I do give unsolicited life advice to Cody, my husband, all of the time, but I shouldn't. They don't count. (laughs) But I do sometimes want to give advice. I've been holding myself back though, but I want to. That's the urge. The urge is like, I want to give you advice. It's like the teacher in me. But that's not your place. I know. um, It's actually doing, it's it's worse because you put them on the defense. And I learned that too. It's like, I always want to help people, but it's actually not helping because they're not ready for it. When they're ready, they know that you have the tools and the resources and they'll come to you. But if you bring it up and you're the one to like give unsolicited advice, it's going to push them back more. It's going to take them longer to get where you want them to go anyway. 
You're it's so a, right. I know. So much. <laughs> yeah. I get it. But do you feel the rage in you when that happens? Like, so for me, it's like. Nina is full of rage. No, for me, it's this inner, um, like, the bubble where I I know that I shouldn't say anything. And I also know that everybody does things in their own timing and yada, yada, yada. But a part of me is like, but I don't know. It's like this like feeling of just like wanting to jump out of my body and be like, but listen. <laughs> Yeah, but what what in you is what in you is not healed that you feel the need to do that? Because I've that's- thought about that. You know what I think it is. I don't know if it is. I think it's like I want maybe I want to know that what I'm doing is also the right path. So if I share it and people agree or that people see it, they're like, oh, I do believe in what the you're validating. doing. Yeah. So like I want it to be validated. I guess. I also think it's how you how you receive love. So if you help someone, it makes you feel good and then you feel loved and valued. Mm, You're right. Because I've been a teacher my entire life and now I'm a coach. So I went from one teaching field to another. You're so Mm. right. Thank you for diagnosing that for me. (laughs) Picking that apart for me. Usually I feel like every time we have like a Reiki person on, they're channeling a message for me. This is your time, Nina. Like now you Every time we have like a coach or like somebody in this field. Yeah. I'm the one that ends up getting the advice. I actually want to switch gears completely. And I want to talk about your ayahuasca experience. I just listened to, are you friends? with Jordan Younger. I don't... Yeah. Okay. We went to the same place. Oh, I, you did? I use Jordan as my guinea pig for everything. And then once she does it and she's good, I'm like, okay, I'll sign up. Oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> what is Iowa? We're going to get into it here. But I was listening okay. to Jordan's okay. podcast where she was interviewing Almost 30, who we also yeah. love. And they're coming to... They're speaking at our conference coming up. But they said like they were going to do it. I don't know if they've since. I think they were supposed to do they it in like They just did it. I think March. Lindsay released her episode about it today, actually. Really? Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to listen. But I was... T- I'm terrified of it. I'm just terrified of it. And Jordan's experience like also made me more terrified of it, even though she spinned it to make yeah. it lovely. But I was like, that sounds terrifying. So tell me about your experience and explain to you, Liz, what ayahuasca is and our listeners. It was fucking terrifying. Mm. Um, okay, so ayahuasca is, um, it can come from different places, but it's it's plant medicine from the Amazon. And the a lot of people will call it a psychedelic I. I like to not think of it that way because I think it's just plant medicine that is used for healing. Yeah, it's not to like go on a trip and like see shit. Um, that but can you do. <laughs> Some that people do. Yeah, but that's not. It's not like um, taking um, you know normal quote unquote drugs. Right. It's a very. It's a very spiritual experience where there's a shaman and they're in this, um, there's different ways to do it, but you're sitting in a group of say 15 people and one by one you go up to receive the medicine and you put your intention in and you tell the group what you're trying to get out of the experience. And then after you do it, you share and you talk about what you saw or learned. People are crying. Um, but when you take the medicine, there's different ways to purge. So you can, you can throw up, you can have to go to the bathroom, Mm -hmm. shaking, crying, coughing, yawning. It's all about getting these energies out of your body and also working through different traumas and experiences that have happened in this life, past life, with other people. There's a lot of different ways it can go. It can get very, very dark. I thought I was going to die a few times. My heart was beating out of my chest. Um, But then it can get very light and euphoric and orgasmic. The experience can range throughout the weekend and the experience ranges big time from person to person. That's why you should never go because your friend tells you to go. It's only if you feel called to the medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you ever feel uncomfortable, like the shaman dentist that I, Jordan and I went to said, 
if you ever come and sit in front of me and you're going to take the medicine and you don't feel comfortable taking the medicine from me, don't do it. That's the last thing you want to do. It's actually very dangerous. There's, there's a reason you're feeling that mm-hmm. way and you should just step away. So there's a lot that goes into it and it's not something to take lightly by any means. Sounds, I feel like, you know, did we talk to... I feel like we talked to someone that did this on another episode. This is coming back to me. I don't know that we did. I feel like she like went into a rainforest and did mm-hmm. it. That's very common. Yeah. Who did we talk to yeah. that did this? Are you so, sure you didn't hear like it on a, a year podcast? Ago. I'm pretty sure we talked to someone. I don't know. Here's my deal is that... So part of my weird fears that me and Liz have talked about on the podcast is I'm really claustrophobic. So anytime I feel trapped, especially in elevators or in like a very small space, I don't like the feeling of not being able to get out. So when it comes to ayahuasca, I don't like the thought that I can't get out of a bad experience. So if there... Like, I'm just going to use Jordan's example because I listened to her podcast about this, but where she thought that she was stuck there forever and she was like, I want Jonathan. Like, I really want Jonathan. And I feel like I would do the same thing where I'm like, I, I, I need to get out. Like, get me to Cody. Get me, like, get me back home. Get me back home. And I would flip. And I just am so nervous. But then on the other side, I know that it can be this euphoric, beautiful, spiritual experience I don't know. I'll probably never try it, but... <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound like it's for you and that's fine. I know. For people, people are like, oh, but I'm controlling. I shouldn't do that. And actually, I'm really controlling in type A and it's like the best thing I've ever done. To um, loosen it? To release yeah, it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to fully surrender and allow the medicine to show you what you need to see to better understand yourself and your life and your choices and where you're going. I think that's really important. And yeah, there's going to be times where you're you feel totally out of control and you're like, what's happening? I think I'm going to die or there's the devil or I'm stuck here forever. And my life's over. I got to a point where I was like, oh, I'm going to die. That's okay. Ah. And like, I surrender to this idea of death, which for controlling people, it's really hard to do. But And was that an experience less- in itself then when you came out of it? Just like, wow. Like, it's okay. I've heard uh-huh. stories of people that are near death and when it is that time or they think they're they're finally like, okay, I guess this is it. Mm-hmm. And then it almost shows you like, maybe it isn't so scary just to release and let go. I feel like yeah. that's the lesson I need to learn. And I've been learning. I don't know if ayahuasca is what it needs to teach it to me more. Can you actually die from this? Could, what if you were really dying? I guess people like may have died. I don't really know, but it's, like you're not supposed to do it if you have a mental health issue. So like people with bipolar or anything like that, you're not you're not allowed to do ayahuasca. I think if you're like suicidal, that's probably not a good idea. But I think for the most part, as long as you're doing it with the right people, there's a lot of hacks out there in the spiritual world that'll do things that are not appropriate. But I think if you're with the right kind of people that have been doing it forever, that are trained, then I think it is really safe. I mean, don't quote me on that, but that's as much as I know. Mm-hmm. I've also noticed that when I, for me, I'm like up in the air a lot and I'm like, woo, all over the place. And so I like things that ground me. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I wonder if ayahuasca would just like lift me into the ethers. Like sometimes Reiki does that. You know how you said, what experience you said you did like um, the the meditation that was just like, and it like threw you into a different zone. (laughs) I get like that too. And then when I come out of it, I'm like, but I'm already a little bit out into another zone. So I need to stay grounded to feel the most present in like my human experience. Yeah, I think that the medicine will do what you need. If you need mm. to be up in the air, it'll take you there. If, it need, if you need to feel grounded, it'll do that too. It does whatever it's meant to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you can ask for things like I, um, like they call it Mother Aya, and you can like pray to her and say, Mother Aya, like please ground me in this experience or show me show me how to be grounded or whatever it is that you need. You can ask for that, and you always get what you ask for. It's just probably not going to look the way you mm-hmm. think. So you being grounded probably isn't how you think, which is why you don't stay grounded because you're you're human. Con- like the way you're conceptualizing being grounded is probably not what is benefiting you, which is why you can't stay in that state. Ah, Mm. I love that. I'm getting so much coaching advice today. You are. (laughs) I'm just going to have to journal on all of this after. Have you noticed that when you podcast on your own show, it's always like a therapy session for you and you just learn so much afterwards. You're like, we always feel so good and so light when we're done podcasting. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Talk to us a little bit more about your show then. So like you have lots of different people on the show and tell, tell our listeners a little bit about that. Yeah. So Ceremony Wellness launched last July. And like I said, when it first started, it was different. I was talking to a lot of non-toxic company founders and people that had been on healing journeys, but I wasn't fully into this spiritual or personal development space yet. And that's really where it's gone lately. We did a whole rebrand. We did redid the music on the show. I really wanted to give it a different vibe because I felt like I was going deeper and I wanted the show and the conversations yeah. to go deeper. And so now it's a lot about alternatives and personal development um, and helping women heal on a variety of levels. And so we have all different types of practitioners, world-renowned functional medicine and Ayurvedic doctors, um, women that have started companies that are female-driven and focused on women's health issues. Mm. And yeah, just different authors and people that really want to elevate the conversation of healing, but also working through our emotional trauma and stress in order to better every aspect of our lives. And it's it's amazing. I Our guests are so ridiculously smart and experienced and thoughtful and just really care about other people and, and want to make the world a better place. And I, I feel honored that they come on the show every week and, and it really resonates with our community in a big way. And are some of these people going to be at your conference then in October? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm going to talk so about is the event. 5th, we're having a full day event called Ceremony Wellness Live. And and Dr. Lekos will be there, who's my functional doctor, um, Marta Sofer, my Ayurvedic doctor, and a bunch of different um, speakers in personal development and spirituality and mentoring. Sounds and- right up our alley. We, yeah. go to, yeah. we go to Los Angeles a lot, so I'll try. And we want to go back in the fall, so maybe we yeah. can... Um- plan a trip around yeah, the conference. We'd love time. to have you. That'd yeah, be perfect. Be so I was going to say, Liz, like everyone can come to our conference about being women in wellness and then they can go to yes. the Kelly's conference and get a dose of like inspo from all of these amazing like doctors. We had McLean, McLean. On oh my God. our podcast. I actually okay. met her I when I was in LA with Cody and I got to sit down and talk to her. And I was like so immediately, because I'm in women's health and hormones. And so yeah. she's a doula and I was like obsessed with her immediately. And I had to have her on our show. And so I saw she was speaking. I was like, dude, this is perfect. I was like, Cody, we have to go. I mean, is it for boys too or just for girls? Yeah, no, it's for men too. I have boys. a lot of men. Is it for boys? Community. Yeah. <laughs> for boys. <laughs> yeah, no, we have some male speakers. So my boyfriend, Connor Moore, is speaking. He hosts the Realness Podcast cool. and he's in personal development. And then Dr. Lekos and then my trainer, Ryan Hodge, is also speaking. So we'll have a few guys there. So there'll be men in the audience. No one needs to be scared. No one needs to be like excluded from the conference. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So um, in addition to the conference, is there anything else like 
exciting you have coming up or where can our listeners connect with you and dive deeper into this? Give them all of those details. Yeah, we are working on some things right now I'm excited about that we'll be launching um, later this year. So for now, it's really just Ceremony Wellness Live. You can go to kellytennant.com slash live to get tickets for that. And then we have a journal that's on the website as well that we created. Um, It's coming... The new one that's going to be six months of journaling. We'll have all the prompts we were talking about earlier. So Mm -hmm. that is at kellytennant.com slash journal. Um, And that's a great, simple resource. And then we were talking about the test to ask your doctor for if anyone needs help with that. Download on the website at kellytenant.com. You see it right there on the homepage. And then I'm on Instagram at Kelly M. Tenant, and we also have our ceremony wellness Instagram. Amazing. Yeah. So thanks, Kelly, so much for coming on. And we can't wait for um, all of the exciting things that you have coming up. And then hopefully to be able to come to your conference in October. Thank you so much. This has been super fun. I appreciate you guys. You're welcome. Okay, well, thank you, Kelly, for coming on and talking to us about your experience, your story, and all the work that you're doing out there in the wellness space. We love meeting fellow women like you. We know our listeners. I'm sure you guys have loved hearing Kelly's story and learning about the importance of, you know, getting curious with your own health, um, building a network of strong women, all of the things that she's talked about with us today. Absolutely. And if you've been looking for some more one-on-one support, uh, make sure to reach out and see if my four-month program is the right fit for you, where we dive all into hormonal health, nutrition, stress reduction, gut health, spirituality, all of the things that you need to really bring the body back into balance. And don't forget that I'll be offering $100 off that four-month program. So just reach on out on Instagram at nourishedwithnina or on my website, nourishedwithnina.com. And you can apply to get a call for your free consultation. All right. Well, until next week, we will catch you later. See you guys next time.